Easter Sunday to Meadowbrook Baptist Church as we worship and celebrate the resurrection of our living Lord. Please join us as we sing our first hymn, Because He Lives. Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beautiful day that you've given us together in your house today. And we thank you for the blessings and goodness and mercy that you uh, have bestowed upon uh, each of us. And we thank you for being who you are. You have been so gracious and kind and, and uh, loving. And, and Father, we uh, often th think how unworthy we are. Uh, of your grace and your mercy upon us. We thank you for being our leader, our guide, our helper, uh, our tower uh, in these times. And Father, we, uh, as we come to you, we come acknowledging how great you are, but we also acknowledge the fact that we fail you so many times, that we're sinners, and we ask you to forgive us and help us to be more determined to live for you 
in ways that please you and honor you. Father, we pray that you would be with our country and, and Father, through all the uh, adversity that we are going through at this time, that you would give guidance and help to those that lead us, that you'd be with the, those who are working in medical fields, that you would protect them and give them compassion and wisdom. Uh, for those who are seeking cures, Lord, that you would give wisdom and insight to them. And we pray, Father, that uh, uh, you would be with each one, each family that's uh, been touched by this virus, that you would give hope and healing and help uh, in each of those situations. Now, Father, we are so great, grateful that we can come and celebrate Easter uh, today and know that we serve a risen, resurrected Lord. And uh, we pray, Father, that you would bless this time together. May it minister to the needs of many. Uh, but we pray most of all, Lord, that you would be uplifted and your name would be held high. For it's in the strong name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you. We welcome you to our 2020 Easter service uh, here at Meadowbrook Baptist Church. It's a pleasure for us to be with you on this very unique Easter morning. Uh, this Easter, as you well know, will likely uh, uh, live in our memories forever. Because who would have predicted an Easter Sunday where people didn't come to church? Uh, most of the time, this is our best attended day of the year. Uh, but nevertheless, we're glad that you've joined us today and we rejoice in the fact that we do serve a living God and a resurrected Lord. Uh, throughout the, the week, we continue to have uh, telecast Sunday night at 6, uh, Wednesday night at 6. We hope you'll join us for them this coming week. And uh, just want to say a word to our folks here at Meadowbrook. We continue to... We'll continue to send you uh, ministry updates, uh, the sermon notes each week, and we are still available to help in whatever ways uh, that we can during this time. Uh, I hope uh, you and your family are keeping safe uh, this Easter morning, uh, and as we enter yet another, another week of this pandemic, I want to encourage you to stay the course and be patient and be focused uh, uh, each day uh, as you face life. Uh, continue to pray. Continue to pray for our leaders. Um, pray for medical personnel uh, as they are treating this virus. First responders, pray for them. Uh, those who have the virus, those looking for cures for the virus, pray that God would give them wisdom and insight. And I know you'll continue to cooperate with each other to help where you can and when you can uh, as all of us working together will make this a lot more easier to deal with and, uh, and we'll be uh, better at the end because we did. But again, we thank you for joining us uh, today at Meadowbrook for this uh, Easter service. Thank you so much.
As I've already mentioned, it is a pleasure to be invited into your home today on this Easter uh, Sunday morning, uh, Easter 2020, a very unique time, and will be, be in our minds forever. A Sunday school teacher asked her class on the Sunday before Easter if they knew what happened on Easter and why it was important. One little girl spoke up saying, yes, I can answer that question. Easter is, is when the whole family gets together. Said, so you eat turkey, you watch football, you sing about pilgrims and, and all of that. No, that's not Easter, said the teacher. You're thinking about Thanksgiving. Well, Another person, another student raised her, her hand and said, I know what Easter is. Easter is when you get a tree uh, and you decorate it and you give everybody gifts and there's Santa and there's carols. Nope, that's not it either, said the teacher. You're confused with Christmas. And then a third student chimed in and said, Easter's when we have fireworks and cookouts and pool parties and ice cream and parades. No, said the teacher, you're thinking about the 4th of July. Finally, a fourth student spoke up. Easter is about Jesus. He was placed on a cross, then put in a tomb and left for three days. The teacher breathed a sigh of relief because she thought finally somebody has got it. Uh, but then the student continued. Then he said everybody gathers at the tomb and waits to see if Jesus comes out. And if he sees his shadow, he has to go back inside and we have six more weeks of bad weather. Well, as we gather on this unique Easter morning, unable to enjoy celebrating Easter together as an assembly of believers, I ask you a simple question. What is Easter about? 
Is it about eggs? Is it about candy? Is it about bright colors? Is it about new clothes? Is it about lilies? Is it about bunnies? What is Easter really about? And that's the thought that I want you to think with me this morning. What is Easter really all about? And I want us to turn uh, to the Gospel of Matthew this morning, chapter 28, and we will read verses 1 through 7. In Matthew 28, verse 1, we find these words, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. The events leading up to the empty tomb on that first Easter morning are well documented in the four Gospels. Jesus of Nazareth, a great teacher, a preacher, healer, miracle worker, prophet. Some thought that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, had been betrayed and denied by his own Apostles. He had been accused and tried before Jewish authorities and Roman authorities. They had executed him on a cross, placed him in a guarded and sealed tomb on Friday before the Jewish Sabbath. Now early on Sunday morning at dawn, the Bible said, women who cared for him in life and supported him uh, in his death came early to prepare his body for burial. To their surprise, they discovered the stone that had been rolled over the entrance to the tomb uh, was gone, and Jesus was not there. He had risen. What is Easter really about? Easter is about a living God and how he wants to work in our lives today. This morning I want you to notice with me three important things that I think are important to keep in mind that tell us what Easter is about. Number one, Easter is about power to overcome all obstacles. Easter is about power to overcome all obstacles. The women came to the tomb early on Easter morning with a power question. Mark 16 and verse 3 says they were asking, 
Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? You see, they had a problem. They wanted to do the honorable thing to the body of Jesus, but they knew they weren't strong enough to be able to do it. But one look at the passage suggests that they worried needlessly. Why? Because these verses in Matthew, when you read them, suggest the tremendous presence of power that was at this scene. Just note uh, in the text, a violent earthquake, the Bible said. Then an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. Then notice, his appearance was like lightning, his clothes white as snow. This was a powerful display that we see in this passage. But the text doesn't stop. It continues. The guards. Now let me remind you that these guards were men trained in warfare and fighting. Men trained for surprise attacks. But notice the Bible says they were afraid. And not only were they afraid, but they shook. They became, the text says, like dead men. This whole scene is sprinkled with awesome power in every passage. As I look at the scene at the tomb on that first Easter, I'm reminded of the man who saw the Grand Canyon for the very first time in his life. He was speechless and so taken back by the sight. It was an awesome sight, as you can imagine. And finally, when he got to where he could speak, this is what he said. Something happened here. This wasn't done by an Indian dragging a stick across the ground. Something happened here. And one look at the Easter tomb should have elicited at least the same response from us. Something happened here. Something did happen. God showed up with His mighty power and He let everyone know that He was at work and that He had been at work. On the Sabbath, while the followers of Jesus sat in silence, wiping away tears, devastated over the death of the Lord Jesus. God had been at work. And Easter is all about the presence of God and the power of God. He is alive. He is active. He is able to remove all the obstacles that rob us of life. And He knows where we are, what we need, Life doesn't surprise him. Life doesn't slip up on him at all. Life does come at you fast. We know that. Many times it knocks you to your knees. Many times you find yourself wounded and beaten, stooped and bent. Who among us this morning, who among us would at Christmas have predicted this Easter we would not be able to gather as a congregation. Who would have predicted, even at Christmas this past year, that businesses 
restaurants, schools, offices would be closed. Who would predict it? Who would have predicted mass layoffs, eating all meals at home, uh, making long, arduous searches for things like paper towels and toilet paper and hand sanitizers, all caused by a virus. Who would have, who would have predicted this at Christmas? For some today, they're still wondering, how can I get through this? Well, Easter reminds us we serve a God who is powerful. He's not dead. He's alive. He's aware. He's active. And He can remove all the obstacles that rob us of real life. On Easter, these early Christians had not yet learned to live in the awareness of the power of God. They weren't there yet, but they got there. They turned into invincible people, setting the world aflame with the news of a risen Lord. That power is still available to us this morning. As a believer, God lives in you, and there is... In, there is within you the power to overcome all odds and all obstacles. Jerry Kramer was one of, the, was one of Vince Lombardi's <clears throat> Green Bay Packers of the 1960s. As a professional football player in the NFL and an all-pro guard, he was once asked, What made you so successful? His response was classic. He said, Keep getting up. Every time somebody knocks you down, get back up. Soon it'll become a habit. And then every time you get knocked down, you'll automatically. Get up. Easter this morning reminds us to get up. No matter what life throws at you, get up regardless. Go to the tomb regardless. So what? So what? They rolled a stone over the entrance. So what? They sealed it and placed guards at the entrance. You get up. You go to the tomb. God is not dead. You have within you the power to overcome all obstacles. Every time life knocks you down, you get up. It's the Easter thing to do. So what is Easter really about? First of all, it's about power to overcome all obstacles. That leads us to a second truth. What is Easter really all about? Secondly, Easter is about a man surpassing all other men. Easter is about a man surpassing all other men. The angel 
told the, one, the women here, I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Understand clearly the central figure of Easter is Jesus. He is the focus of Easter. He is why the women came to the tomb. He is who the women were looking for when they came to the tomb. Jesus is the only man who has lived and died and left behind an empty tomb. He surpassed all men. He, he is worthy of worship. And he's worthy of first place in our lives and in our hearts. He was born in Bethlehem. He lived a little while in Egypt. He grew up in Nazareth. At 12 years of age, he amazed the scholars at the temple. He was trained to be a carpenter. At 30 years of age, he began a public ministry. He healed the sick and the afflicted. He went about doing good. He was a great teacher and preacher. He loved people. He was compassionate, truthful, honest, and passionate. He impressed people with the authority of his teaching. He uncovered the evil in the human heart. He exposed ruthlessness and the hidden agenda of the religious leaders and the false teaching that they espoused. He also uncovered hatred and bitterness in the hearts of others. Jesus loved life. He enjoyed the green fields, the outdoors, the bright days and the starry nights. He spent time with his friends. He went to banquets and parties. And he hated to give them up. But he loved one thing more. And that was doing the will of his heavenly Father. Jesus outdid us in every way. Because he never sinned. And men don't like to be outdone or have their securities challenged and their weaknesses revealed. So what did men do with this man who had surpassed all men? They put him on a cross. They treated him shamefully. They disgraced him in public. They were vulgar, crass, and boorish. They executed him and then placed him in a guarded and sealed tomb. But even then, he outdistanced us, for the tomb could not hold him. He broke free so that he might become the author of our salvation and be a trailblazer, our trailblazer that would lead us to glory. Max Lucado in his book, Six Hours One Friday tells the story of a missionary in Brazil who discovered a tribe of Indians in a remote part of the jungle. They lived near a large river. The tribe was in desperate need of medical attention. A contagious disease 
Very contemporary story today, isn't it? A contagious disease was ravaging the population. People were dying daily. There was a hospital that was not too terribly far away, but to get to it, you had to cross the river. The Indians would not cross the river because they believed it was inhabited by evil spirits. To enter the water would mean certain death. And the missionary described how he had crossed the river and how he was unharmed. But they were not impressed by this. He then took them to the bank and he placed his hand in the water. They still wouldn't go into the river. He walked into the water up to his waist and splashed water on his face. But even that didn't matter. They were still afraid to enter the river. So finally, the missionary dove into the river, swam beneath the surface until he emerged on the other side. When he came up, he punched a triumph fist into the air. He had entered the waters and escaped. And it was then and only then that the Indians broke out into a cheer and followed him into the river. That's what Jesus has done this Easter. He told the people of his day that they need not fear the river of death. But they wouldn't believe him. He let a dead man, Lazarus, spend four days in a tomb and then called him out and the people still didn't believe him. And finally, he entered the river of death himself and came out on the other side. Easter is about a man, a man who surpassed all men. He is like no other man. He can offer guidance. He can offer help. He can offer salvation. He can offer you forgiveness. He can offer eternal life. He can roll away all the stones uh, that are blocking entrances in your life. He can give hope. His resurrection seals His work. It declares His divinity. And it proclaims his all-sufficient sacrifice on the cross, and it rings out loud and clear to everyone, He is Lord. So, what is Easter really all about? It's about power to overcome all obstacles, first of all. Secondly, it's about a man that surpasses all other men. And thirdly and lastly, Easter is about victory over our greatest enemy. Easter is about victory over our greatest enemy. Now, while Jesus was with his disciples before the cross, he said he would be crucified, and he was. He also said he would rise on the third day. And he did. Death and Satan had always ruled the land of the tombs. 
They were the masters. They were the lords, the kings of the tomb. They'd never lost a body or a battle. Satan's plan was to take from us what God has given us. We are triune beings made of body, soul, and spirit. So what happens when we die? At death for a believer, the spirit, the soul, goes to God. But what about the body? The body is placed in a grave or a tomb till the resurrection. So in a way, Satan keeps a part of what God has given us. He holds it back. But Easter brought change. Easter transformed the region of the tomb. On Friday, the body of Jesus was placed safely behind the bars. It was sealed and it was guarded. Would death win again? Would death continue his string of victories? Everyone expected it to stay the same. I'll tell you that. Even the, even the Gospels tell us that. The women came to the tomb this morning. They expected the body of Jesus to still be in that tomb. The disciples expected the body of Jesus to be lying in this tomb undisturbed. On Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath, there was no change in the situation at the tomb. Death was confident of another victory. And then, as the sun rose that first beautiful Easter morning, the word from the tomb was this. You're looking for Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. Later on, Jesus told the apostle John in Patmos, on the island of Patmos, I am the living one. I was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Now, I don't need to tell you this morning, if you have the keys, you control who goes in and who comes out. You have the control. On Easter morning, the land of the tomb had come under a new ruler. Jesus had gone to death's home court and pulled the upset. No one had beaten death. Death had never lost. But Jesus was the victor that first Easter. On Friday, Jesus defeated sin at the cross. And on Easter Sunday morning, he defeated death at the tomb. Death lost the body of Jesus. And now, death will lose the body of every believer. Because Jesus lives, we also will live. Now what does this mean? This means Jesus never lost a thing as a result of his death. In fact, if you read Matthew 28 and verse 18 on further into this passage, you'll find these words that Jesus said, All authority, listen, in heaven and earth has been given to who? Me. 
Death is a defeated foe. That's why the early believers, when we read the New Testament, were busy striking the word death from their vocabulary. They started calling it sleep. He's going to sleep. Why? Because death had lost its sting to the early believers. Easter is about victory. It's about triumph. It's about hope. It's about eternal life. Death does not have the final say. There is a new ruler in the land beyond. And because Jesus has defeated death, we should never grieve as people who have no hope when we come to the cemetery. Our loved ones will die physically, that's for sure. There will be momentary separation with tears and sorrow. But don't you put a period at the end of the sentence because there is more. There's going to be more. Because of Jesus' resurrection, there is release, there is reunion, there is a reuniting to look forward forward to for all the people of God on the great green hills of God. For centuries, people believed the world was flat. We know this from back in Christopher Columbus's days. If you go far enough, they said, you'll, far enough, you'll fall off the world. In Spain, they believed the world ended at the pillars of Hercules. These were two prominent fixtures at the eastern end of the Strait of Gibraltar. As you see them on the screen, you'll see how the Mediterranean Sea comes to a close there and then you sail out through the Strait of Gibraltar. Spain even stamped on their coins these pillars that are there. Uh, and they stamped the words, No more beyond. No more beyond. Meaning when you sail out through the Mediterranean Sea, through the Strait of Gibraltar, out into the ocean, there's no more beyond. That was the end. And then... In 1492, we know that Christopher Columbus sailed right past those pillars and discovered a new land, the one we live in today. And so Spain, when he came back, had to change their coins. And they left the pillars of Hercules on the coin, but they took the word no off the coins. So that now they read, more beyond. More beyond. What is Easter really about? It's about power to overcome all obstacles. It's about a man who surpassed all men, Jesus. It's about victory over death, our greatest foe. Jesus, the resurrected Lord, tells us there is more beyond. More beyond. And what that means is there is no place that you can go 
that you can escape Him. He is here and He is beyond. Wherever He is beyond. So what are you going to do with this person of Easter? I say, give Him your heart, give Him your life, and make Him your Lord. That's what the only thing that you can do with Him. Let's bow our heads. Now you wondering, what should you do with this message? Let me tell you, first of all, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, then you need to ask Him into your heart and into your life as Savior and Lord. And you can do that with this, this simple prayer, the prayer of the sinner. You need to pray it. I'll lead you through it, but you need to pray it sincerely, honestly to God. Say, Father, I am a sinner. I deserve to spend eternity separated from you. But I believe Jesus is your son, that he died for me, that he rose again on the third day, and he's coming back one day. I open my heart for him to come in, and I promise to follow him the rest of my life on earth and then praise Him throughout all eternity. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you'll pray that prayer, mean it in your heart, then I believe God will, will save you. Now, if you are already a believer and you feel like you've wandered away from God, then you need to confess your sins to God and recommit your life to Jesus and get back on the road to obedience and service. In 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says, If we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I invite you, whether you need to come to Jesus or you need to come back to Jesus, I invite you to come to Jesus today. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. If you've come to know Jesus uh, as a result of this message, then please call the church. We have some information that we'd like to give you that we think will help you in your journey as a Christian. It was great of you to be with us today. I hope you'll have a great week. Be safe.